Hello there, friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Death PDX podcast, the Journey series. Today, I'm honored to have Christian Enriquez on in the to the podcast. So, Christian, say hello to our guest. Hello, thanks for having me, Brian. It's good, uh, good to be absolutely. On the show. So, Chris, tell me a small summary about your soccer career. So to begin, I started playing soccer when I was just three years old. It seems like I can just pretty much walk, kick a ball. And uh, since then, I obviously played club soccer when I joined when I was six years old. started playing competitively in club and then went to academy, played with Nomads. After that, went to college with Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Then shortly after a year and a half, I signed with Portland Timbers 2 in the USO. And then after that, I am currently playing with 1904 FC from San Diego. Awesome, Chris. Thank you for sharing. All right, guys, this segment of this podcast is going to be a little bit more different. It's going to be straight through. Um, There's going to be no pauses just because of coronavirus. Um, You know, our safety matters as well. So this segment is just going to be straight through, but I'm going to make sure I'm very specific on the topics. So thank you, Chris. So now let's actually jump into your journey. So firstly, I want to say who inspired you to touch your first soccer ball and at what age did you start playing? Okay. So I have an older brother that's two years older than me. And basically he was like the same as me in terms of playing at a super young age. So as soon as I could walk, my brother, and obviously so was I, I'd always go to his game. So it's pretty much my brother just having him at home, always kicking the ball with him, kind of just like sparked that interest in the sport. And so I started playing like in the AYSO leagues when I was, or like NYS, because I was like too young at first to join AYSO. Yeah. And then uh, competitively, like club soccer, I started early. I started playing at six years old, U8, and I would always play like a year up ever since I was that age. Right on, Chris. Um, so tell us about your little, you know, uh, where did it start? Where did Christian start and how did it begin? So let's go deep back into your time about like, you know, when was the first time you actually got into competitive soccer and how you saw your process and what obstacles you faced along the way through it? So I don't know if you want to share with the audience your journey. Yeah, so I think everyone has kind of like that point where, they like think to themselves when no one's really telling them anything of like, like if this is something that I actually want to do, if this is something that I want to pursue for a couple of years just because it's fun or if it's something that I actually want to potentially try to hit like professional or like college level, because there's a lot of benefits to playing a sport and having the certain like benefits of being a part of a team setting. And um, it comes with a lot of self-realization in terms of, how you see yourself in this world, how much value you bring and just things like that. But ever since I was a little kid, I literally only just played because I loved it. And as soon as like I felt myself that I was not even just like that, I was good. It was just more of a enjoyment of the sport. And obviously, if you enjoy something, I feel like if you really do enjoy what you're doing, you're going to want to be the best version of yourself. And that's just kind of what has kept me through the years advancing like through team is just trying to be the best person that I can be individually and just learning from that. And, but the basis of it is just like love of the sport when I was a little kid. Right on. There you go, Chris. So tell me about your first team you joined and let's go all the way through up 
through the journey. Um, you know, uh, when was the first time you, you started playing competitive soccer? And, you know, just, just tell me your journey. What from there, just go team to team and, and, and go from there. Yeah. All right. So when I was six years old, like I said, I joined uh, my first club team, which is over here in San Diego. And it was Chilla Vista Rangers. And I was back then. I don't know if they're still like one of the main teams here down south. And um, I joined them. I played pretty much a year up in club ever since I was a little kid, ever since like U14 level, I want to say. I was always playing with like the the 97s, like I'm a 98. So I would play with the 97s, yeah. the 96. And um, just through there, I obviously club soccer hits a point. And then academy in the U.S. was um, introduced probably like three years before. I joined it and it hit my age group. So then I joined them and I played with um, Nomads Academy and I played there through my 16s and 18s year. And pretty much, I think Academy was the main area where it promotes you to do whatever you want to do. Like you kind of figure out like, hey, like, you know what? Because you like when you're finishing yeah. high school. So it's like for some players, it might be, oh, I want to go venture into play college soccer. For some, if it's like, you know, the moment presents itself, it's like, I'm going to go straight pro or it's just, you know, like my end of the road is here. But for me, luckily, you know, I had a pretty good, pretty good season. I was playing academy and the exposure was there with um, college soccer. And I ended up choosing to go to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And I think I committed there like midway through my senior year of high school. So I was kind of waiting it out to see what potential colleges and stuff like that. But I, I knew I kind of wanted to leave. I know, like, San Diego State might have been an option at the time to play with them. And I don't know the brother there, too. So he was playing at State. But for some reason, it kind of was in me to go away from home. And it wasn't for the reason of just, like, you know what, like, I'm 18. or I was 17 at the time. He's like, but it was more because the opportunity I felt more at home, which was at San Luis Obispo, a place that I honestly have never visited yeah. until I started getting looked up by this college and um ever since then you know I played my freshman year there I had a really good season but before that actually I kind of skipped over a little part that summer transitioning from senior year of high school into freshman of college yeah I was called up into the U19 national team okay how was that which to me was it was actually really good it kind of if anything pushed me into a more confident state not that I was obviously um like unsure of my abilities or anything but just something like that is obviously like a boost and it gives you kind of pride I mean I'm Mexican-American but I was obviously born here and um, just having that sense that like I'm representing a country at this age group it's it's honestly something that I've never even thought not that I wasn't gonna feel but at the moment it was kind of like a last minute call up it was like I had to go so they do like captain's camp in college yeah and I was in playoffs with nomads losing but it was already like july when we lost we made it to the semis so it was deep and then there was only like a week and a half like before i had to leave to san luis obispo for captain's camp and yeah. like once playoffs was over literally came back home um next morning i received an email saying that like oh like you know you've been invited you've been selected to come in turn because it's going yeah, what's crazy is that usually it's like called up to a training camps, you know, and those are always good because you kind of test That's the waters, the you play friendly. <laughs> yeah, and they just threw me in there like, all right, you're gonna you're gonna come through to a 
2016 Cotif tournament in Spain. Oh, okay, yeah. And then to me, I was just like, what? I was just kind of time because, like, obviously, like, I just lost. Like, uh, a thing that I was really into was just playoffs and an opportunity right before college. And, um, you know, that went really well. I met people from, like, obviously – playing in different countries, playing here in the U.S. professionally already at that age. We were 17, and uh, we played in the U-20 tournament. So we were, like, a U-19 team playing, like, with a year up. So to me, that was already, like – A booster. Like, well, a booster, too. Yeah. It's like, dang, like, this is my first call-up. But at the same yeah. time, it's like I'm playing against people that are older. from different countries, like yeah. Spain, Argentina, that are all also, like, a year older than me, which is, like, in those countries – a year of experience more is obviously good because there's these are players that are playing in like top teams of the world. So that to me was like kind of like set a standard for me, like from then on, just to try to achieve more. I obviously saw it firsthand and I went into college with that. And then so literally came in late to college, you know, didn't do captain's camp all that much because I was in the tournament. Yeah. But, um, just went straight into college at San Luis Obispo, and that right there was kind of just like everything felt really smooth there. My freshman year, like had a really good freshman year. Um, just in terms of like people that I met, soccer wise, like my coach and my coach was uh, Steve Sampson. Assistant coach was Sean Harris, and also the other main goalie coach and assistant coach was um, his name's Nacho. Oh, Nacho. Nacho, I love Nacho. Arsenal yeah, Academy. Shout out, shout out to Nacho. Shout out to Nacho. But yeah, like they they really took care of me. They were good people. And uh, school wise, I was obviously like I was obviously pretty good. Black around, but in my head, I was have soccer as a priority. But I would still do well in school. Yeah, I would procrastinate and I choose to go do like extra stuff. But um, I always had that mind that I was in mind and I obviously had conversations with the coaches that it was never my intention to stay the four years and like play college soccer for four years it's always like I always had that goal in me to try to get a contract somewhere that fit me as soon as possible yeah so it was kind of just uphill through there and then played my freshman year had a really good season and then sophomore season which is fall um played that and then that was in I believe 2018 or 2017, transitioning into 2018. And then randomly, there was, a, um, like, agents that would kind of call, like, here and there, just trying to see, like, what's up with me while I was in college. But there's certain rules that they can't, like, yeah. break, like NCAA rules. Yep, NCAA rules. They're very then, strict, too. <laughs> yeah, and so sophomore season, it wasn't, like, the best season in terms of, like, our team and stuff like that. So I was kind of questioning. And it was just – but the games I played, I did well enough. And um, pretty much, like, I was I was on my way to, like, Mexico to visit family during the offseason in December. And then one of the agents that had been reaching out to me, he just calls me, like, on a random, like, just a random time of night. He's like, hey, can you talk? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, what's up? And um, to be honest with you, I didn't have any idea what he was going to tell me. I thought he was probably going to tell me that, like, like, you know, it's just like kind of like what agents try to talk to you to try to get you to like work with them, you know, just try to establish a relationship. Yeah. But he ended up being like, oh, you know, like I just had a meeting with um, the Portland Timber staff and like your name was brought up. And since I was in con- contact with you, you know, like, like, you know, that they're interested in you. And then and then I was just like, oh, OK, like 
I kind of always had that idea they were interested because of a teammate that I had when I was at Nomads went straight to Portland Timbers. Yeah. And uh, there's been there had been conversations of like, oh, like you know, his, his name is Augustine, and so they'd be okay. like, oh, like Augustine and Christian, like our kind of players were targeting. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, and then but I went to college and he chose to go, and like go straight through to pro. And so they kind of just looked after me like over college. And so that that wasn't a surprise to me when he was just telling me like, oh, you know, like they, your name came up. So what surprised me was the fact that he was just like, oh, and here's what they're offering. Like out of nowhere. And I was just like, oh, like. Must must have felt good, huh? Well, yeah. And like, the thing is, like, you're kind of working to something. And like, it was just kind of like, I didn't really expect it, to be honest with you. I know like a lot of players kind of already have conversations going throughout the season of like, here's what they're planning on offering, but I never had any of those. So it just kind of hit me and like, what am I saying? No, like, no, this is like what I've been working for. And it's kind of just like, it's always been a dream. And the thing is, it was never, I always, you obviously have like steps in your career and I think everything does happen for a reason. And just to me, that felt like I had no doubt that I was going to like say no, like there's no way I was going to say no. No, it's a one-time offer, you know, uh, but end of the day, you know, um, it's it's not bad we'll go into more details later so from timbers you know let's hop into the journey here you know that's where i met you and um yeah let's go let's go uh to timbers now so yeah i had the the luck of running into brian and meeting him and he ended up being one of the it's kind of how our connect made is just portland when i moved over there um he was always really welcoming i don't even to be honest with you the exact day i met you it was like i don't really remember it but i you like through through mutual friends that were part of the Portland 23s and then it's just I just happened to know the same kind of people and that's how me and Brian um, had a connection yeah. he's always really welcoming we'd always go do some individual trainings on the side he's always happy with those so so if you're looking for any private trainings you have Brian right there in Portland he's ready and um no thank you Chris but yeah no worries and then other than yeah that, we met through Kike <laughs> yeah Kike Hera yeah Shout out to the boys. Uh, heads up. <laughs> yes, sir. But Yeah, no, absolutely. So tell us your journey here in Portland, you know, as a professional athlete. How did that go? How was your first contract experience? So to start off, you know, like I'm heading into something and I never had the idea. Like, obviously, it's, I wanted to play, but I always had the idea to keep kind of climbing. And, like, I guess this is where this is like the first time I say, pretty much in my whole life of playing soccer, you know, everything. So I, just everything was uphill. And um, I kind of had a, I had like a, it like kind of hit me mentally in terms of not just establishing myself like to the whole balance of like a professional lifestyle because it yeah. is so much more different than color soccer. Like in terms of, not of the soccer, obviously, in terms of just like how you manage your time, you know, at the time I wasn't in school anymore. So like I wasn't as busy with like schoolwork. So it did, um, I hit kind of barriers like mentally and just certain things that were happening too is just, I wasn't playing. And that to me was like the first time too as well. And just kind of things as much as like, this is what I wanted. Things started kind of crumbling in certain ways, you know? And it wasn't just like the, I I never had the weak mindset of like, you know, if I'm not playing, like I'm going to just slack off or this isn't for me, you know, or like, why am I not playing, you know, but just certain things started trickling down, you know, I kept, um, I would get rostered and all that in the beginning of the season, everything was feeling good, you know, like, I'm gonna get my opportunity. And then um, 
injury hit me. And then that kind of it was it was right at the beginning of the season, like our first game of the season. Boom, I get hurt right before. It was it was something really small at the time. And yeah. it only took me like a couple of weeks, maybe like two, three weeks to finally get back again, which wasn't bad. And then same thing, you know, came back to it and was training and started getting rostered again. And then um, literally like right before it was like one of the times that where um, first team players from obviously Portland, the first team were not dropping down with us. And it was like a two game trip. Like it was one in San Antonio and one in um I want to say it was like RGV. It was like that same week. Yeah, and uh, it was like a moment where I was like, "Ooh, like you know, this is a this is a good chance for me because they're not gonna be bringing down first team players. You know, it's a good shot." And literally, like right before like the day of traveling, like like say, it was a Thursday training session. That Thursday tra- training session, I was just it was just like a. It was just like an in-game play, and it just happened like someone slid me from the back and like or like from the side, kind of. And then um, I ended up like strike, trying to strike the ball like really hard to shoot, and just boom, like messed up my ankle. And that one was probably the most like, like that thing brought me back as like low as I could possibly get. The fact that yeah. I kind of had my mind set on something like you know what, like this is a game that I'm looking like I'm starting. This is like you know my finally like to make my mark pretty much. Correct. Um, things. As planned, obviously, at the time, and I was, like, obviously frustrated with, like, myself and just how things were going down because I never – I always have the most, like, optimistic kind of just, like, vision of what I want to do and, like, what I want to accomplish. And it's not, like, an unrealistic thing either. So I know there's some – you know, like, you kind of need to be realistic. No, like, it was – my goals are realistic at the moment and, like, what I want to get to. Correct. I start from scratch. Kind of. Chris, are you still there? <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, like I said, you know, due to, so, sorry, due to COVID-19, we're doing this over the phone. And um, like I said, sorry if uh, it's not the best, but we're doing the best possible we can so we can still let stories come out. And uh, sorry if you guys, there's glitches here and there. We're honestly doing it from the phone. And as, like I said, straight through. Uh, Chris, um, how's your Wi-Fi? <laughs> Pretty decent. Okay, there you oh. go. All right, so let's continue where we left off. <laughs> so you were talking about the injury that you got hurt. That was another setback. And um, yeah, let's keep going forward. Yeah, Brian, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yep. Can you hear me? Sorry, guys. Um, like I said, you know, we're having phone difficulties right now. This is the first time we're doing this. And um, like I said, we're trying to get the best contact for you guys. All right. Can you hear me, Chris? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. So let's continue where you left off, which was the injury. Yeah. Okay. So like I was saying, it's just kind of like I was going to finally get my – pretty much my first start first just like you know it could have been a full 90 if anything but yeah and uh that's obviously what I was going for and that was like my goal ever since you know to try to get my first starting and all that starting position and everything like that and then just like the injury happened kind of knocked me back down and um you know mentally it kind of hits you like in terms of when people kind of just like 
explain their stories of injuries and stuff. Like I feel like it's kind of overlooked when other issues outside of soccer, like like just to put it in perspective, like I would live, I was living alone in an apartment, which to me I was never homesick, but just kind of things started adding up, and then when um you know certain personal things in life, like family stuff that's happening down home, or just things like that. Those are yeah. things that no one else knows that's happening except like if there's like it's an outside viewer that just simply sees like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, Christian's not playing, but like they don't see kind of like the other little things that kind of build up. And at the time, obviously, I was hurt and just things outside yeah. of soccer that kind of were out of my control were affecting my life. Like just my life, like just my mood, just how think how I how I usually am. I didn't really see myself the same way. And um, it was just affecting me. And so that was a moment where I was pretty much tested the most I've ever been tested just with like me, like my self-identification of like, I'm a soccer player. I'm this. I'm usually happy. I'm usually, you know, outgoing and all that stuff. And it was kind of just the opposite. Like, I didn't feel like myself. And when it came to just like my injury, I feel like personally, it might have delayed the process because like mentally I was not at like the highest I could have been. And I think that's just goes for anything. Like if you're, if you're mentally like at your best with like anything you do, I feel like you're going to put out something that's put out like some results that are positive. And just, if you're in that, if you're, under, if you're in the other mindset or if you're not as confident as you should be, I, it's like less likely that something good is going to come out of it. And that was what I was having to learn at the time. And yeah. just that whole year to me, when I was with um, Timbers, you know, there was other little things that, I mean, I, I shouldn't really, like, talk about here because, I mean, you know, there's, there's politics everywhere, but it's just something, like, you know, that that was my first professional team, and I, I think that year taught me the most that I've ever been taught, and not even just about, like, myself, but just, like, soccer-wise as well. So, like, I view that year, and I view that year at the end of the year as, like, initially, like, oh, like, you know, this is not what I had in mind, and I see this, like, as a failure because, let's be real, like, if you're – having a goal and you're not meeting certain targets, you're going to look at yourself and ask yourself, like, why am I not hitting these targets? And like, what's like, what's, what's next? Like, what can I do to finally fulfill what I actually set myself to do? But initially it felt like, uh, it felt like I backtracked, but the way I look yeah. at it now is I, f I feel like that was just a lesson. Like it had to be a lesson. And like, I kind of, I'm kind of thankful that I was 17 or, or I was um 18 turning 19 that year. So I was still really young. So I'm glad it hit me at that moment so that let's say like I had a really good season that year and like everything's good and I'm still, you know, like playing at that level or just somewhere else. Right. And let's say I'm 25 years old and that, and mm -hmm. something like that happens to me and then I'm 25 and I have no idea how to deal with it. Absolutely. It's very humbling. Yeah, it for sure is. And like um, it was it was obviously difficult because it's not that I was always like the player that had it like perfect on the way up, like, you know, I obviously had to sacrifice. I obviously had to do this, but it kind of felt weird because I would sacrifice so much for a sport. And then sometimes it gives you like the cold shoulder in a way. And I had to just learn that it's Absolutely. just, that's just how it is. And like, I need to mature and I need to get stronger mentally with that stuff. And it was like a, it was a, it was a really good moment. in the way I think about it now, obviously going through it, it's not the best. And like, if I were to go back and people, people have asked me like, would you have stayed in college or like, you know, if, if you knew it was going to be like that? And I was like, no, like I kind of had to struggle to understand that there's certain things that 
just happened the way that happened and you just have to like grow from it and that's kind of the way I look at that whole season and I don't have like any regrets in terms of like um you know I wish it never happened like now I'm I'm actually kind of glad it happened because that way from now forward I at least if something similar like remotely similar like I know how to handle it I know exactly like my resources I know exactly the people around me and um I think that's the main year of 2018 and so from there after Timbers I um that was 2018 I decided to I decided to leave and um I just just decided to go my own way with my agent I spoke to him and like we just wanted to have something different and I feel like I needed to kind of like reestablish myself in a way like build up again in like the best way possible so initially just to start off and like stay fit I would um I would just play like with the local like NPSL team. Uh, it was called the ASC San Diego, and they they brought me in with like open arms. They obviously knew they knew my older brother, but um, they yeah. were they were they were a good place for me to start and just kind of like build myself get that confidence yeah, exactly. back up, right? And the thing that never changed though was my like worth ethic, like outside of soccer. Like obviously I was training, but I would be doing other things, and that was with me since I was like a little kid but um so I had to build myself up again and then from there luckily the, over here there's a team in San Diego called 1904 and it's in a league that's equivalent to like USL League One and then um I would say it's like they're trying you know the NASL used to be a thing I think they're trying to make it something similar like that but um yeah so I've been I've been playing with them and same thing like I feel a lot more stable in terms of my goals and that's just where I'm at right now. Just I'm just trying to keep going to go into the next step. No, that's good. Um, thank you for sharing your journey, Chris. Um, you know, hopefully inspires our youth and um, hopefully learned a little bit from, you know, our obstacles. Um, so now we're going to go into the player's advice. So player's advice, Chris, is like, what advice would you give our players, you know, starting young? So, I mean, we, we're going back from you know you playing back in nomads you know we talked a little bit earlier you know the sacrifice uh you know i i personally got to know chris uh, the sacrifice uh, that you made you know a training in san diego but crossing the border to uh you know train with cholo's uh u23s or u20s you know to get top quality experience um so tell me a little about that you know the sacrifice you made through that yeah so it was actually to me, a really easy option or a really, really easy decision. Sorry. Um, I know for a lot of people that are in high school, a lot of kids that it's just like, you know, every like regular, you know, their goals are just to go to college. It's just like nothing wrong with it or like, but they would never, they would hesitate in terms of kind of like leaving school to do online school. But um, so yeah. what I, what I did was like sophomore year, I, um, I would go, like, I don't, I don't honestly remember exactly how I was noticed, but um we would play, oh, well, like, when I was with Nomads, that's how it is. There was a relationship where we would, every once in a while, play, play friendlies, which is, like, the U17s or U20s. And so, ever since then, I was in the 16s. Like, we would scrimmage them every yeah. once in a while. And then we had, like, a, they had a, Nomads had a relationship with Cholos in terms of, like, players that weren't 18 or something like that had to play in the U.S., like, U.S. players, at least, with citizenship had to play till they were 18 and then they could go back to Mexico because they like some rule. And so yeah. that relationship was built with Cholos and Nomads. And like, luckily for me, they would invite me 
to like friendlies. Like they would have, they would have some cool friendlies. Like they play against like the U, I don't know, like U sixteen national team at the time or when it was our age. Like Cholos would just go scrimmage them, and they'd be like, you know what, Christian, Robert, like come through and like play a scrimmage with us. And so it was always like yeah. a, an open door, like to to go with them. And I built a relationship with them. And so I had come to a decision where like, you know, like obviously college soccer is something I want to do. And I was a sophomore at the time, like end of my sophomore year. Yeah. But obviously like my biggest goal is to go professional. So I was like, you know what? Like, why would I say no to this opportunity? One, like it's a professional team, first division in Mexico. And luckily like, I have, um, I have like a, a thing called like the sentry where you could just cross there and back in the quickness. So it's not like I'm, lagging three hours to cross the border like it's nothing it's quick and i live really close to the border i live like 15 minutes away so it's not even like a hassle and so Mm -hmm. what i did was um a junior year i decided to do online school but the reason i did that was that so i can go train in the mornings because they were training early in the morning i'd go train with cholos every single morning like monday through friday and then in the afternoon i'd have my uh nomads training and i think from that point that's like that's just kind of like that built the bridge of like me developing faster probably than someone that's just training like four or five times a week. I was training literally like the double. Double sessions. Yeah, and um, it was always an understanding with um, like Nomads as well. Like let's say like if they ran us really bad in Cholos, like Nomads would kind of have like an idea. So they wouldn't like overwork me either, but I was still getting more work regardless. It was just like, absolutely so i think that was like the point with cholos is just like i think i appreciate like that opportunity because it's, it's like kind of rare because i mean i don't really know a team that'll let you train with them yet play with another team so yeah it's rare so yeah and, <laughs> really and especially is. at that age because even at that age you know if you're playing on one team like that's the only team you play for like you know train with at least but no absolutely but yeah uh so now we're going to go into, you know, if there's a, any kid out there, because, you know, as a, as a youth, it's always an honor to represent your country. What tips can you give our younger audience or our college players that, you know, one day want to represent their country? And how did you do it? And how did you get there? Step by step. All right. So well, in terms of just like me getting there, I think what's important is that at like at an age of like high school, let's say there's a there's start there's like distractions that start coming up like oh you like you know you take either an interest in dating more you want to spend time you know dating a person and like to be completely honest with you like throughout high school I was I could not like I don't remember like a thought in my head of like you know what like I want to devote my time to like dating like it wasn't really like that I mean it didn't feel like like a sacrifice at all because I knew exactly what I wanted to do like I knew that I wanted something more with this sport so I was just like devoting my time as much as I could to um to soccer and it was where Correct. I had like a like I, I didn't lack balance like I had all the balance I needed like I lived at home with my parents like I'm in high school like I have my friends I still see them and then I'm playing a sport so it's like it, it just comes down to what you're willing to sacrifice I guess because to me they don't really look like sacrifices like that to me was just like it was like Small exactly a quick decision like I would have the, and I use my resources. And I think that's really important too. If that's like an advice I could give is just use your resources. Like if you like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like if you don't have a gym and you want to get stronger, like 
there's friends that have gym passes that they can bring a friend in for free. You know, if like income is like an issue, like reach out to friends that have that are down to go on runs that are down. It's just like who you surround yourself with. Like, it's true. Like I, there's a saying that it's like, you become who you, sur- who, who exactly. you're with. And like, bro, like if you surround yourself, like, let's say, and I, dude, I, I think even like Kid Cudi, the artist said this, like if you surround yourself with broke people, like how do you expect to get rich? Absolutely. And so that's kind of how it was with soccer. Like I, not even just people that were around me that played soccer, but just people that were ambitious. Like my best friends that I have now are people that are ambitious. Like, I don't, I think that's the main thing. And like, you kind of get like inspiration, like little inspirations and you might not even notice it, I feel. But if you surround yourself with people that have like aspiring goals, like, I don't know, it kind of motivates you in a way to accomplish your goals because you know, someone's supporting you, you know, someone else is going through their own kind of journey. And that to me was like, I had that and that, and I still have it to this point, but I think that's my piece of advice is just like, always finding a way to like, you know, work, do extra work and train and have yourself like mentally focused, but also surrounding yourself with people that are, you know, good for you. Absolutely. And that's a hundred percent Christian. What you just said, you know, you, you, if you surround yourself with winners, you become a winner. You know, if you surround yourself with uh, losers, you become a loser. Right. Um, So now Christian, you know, you play D1, um, you know, kids out there, how can we motivate them, you know, to reach out, you know, to division one co- uh, colleges or, you know, or how did it happen for you? Okay. So with D one college, um, I think like my advice to begin with is if you're in the age of, let's say like, I think now there's younger ages for Academy. Yeah. But I think like you 14, yeah, right? it's like really, really young. So I was like, maybe I was 16 at the time and they didn't have the younger age groups at the time, but I know now they do. So I think first, if you're in that age group and you're in high school or like, you know, freshman through senior, like, I think you should be playing academy because they do, they do so much in terms of like showcases where there's Mm -hmm. literally just like, it's just flooded with um, college scouts. Absolutely. And like, I feel like another piece of advice, if like you're going into that and you want to become like a D1 college soccer, like not even just D1, because there's D2 schools that also go and see the like talent try to get recruited players and stuff but it's just like any college that reaches out to you like i would advise you to like have conversations with them kind of like establish like don't do false promises like that's not what i'm saying but just like talk to them you know say like oh like you know i appreciate you reaching out even if it's somewhere you do not see yourself going to because at the end of the day like you want you establish another connection with that person in that college because you never know down the road like what's gonna happen Correct. But also, like, you can use that as, like, a sort of leverage. Like, let's say, like, there's two schools that reach out to you and you really want to go to one, but that one school you don't want to, like, you really want to go to isn't offering you, like, a scholarship that's, like, enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. And let's say this other school that you have no interest in is offering you everything. Correct. And they're in the same, like, D1, let's say, but just different conferences. Like, you're going to use – you can easily have that relationship and just use that for the college that you really want to go to and just kind of be like, oh, well, you know what? Like, I'm interested in your college, but to be honest with you, this school over here is offering me everything, and I don't want to – and, like, it's true. Like, who wants their family or who wants to take out a loan? Like, no one does. Like, who wants their family to pay for college? Absolutely. So, well, you can get it exactly. for free. So if you use, like, your resources wisely and, like, who you talk to – if they start reaching out to you, like, I feel like that's probably the best way. And that's like my advice. If you have colleges reaching out to you. 
Absolutely. So now, Chris, now we're going to go into your uh, pro stage, you know, your setback with Timbers. You know, if there's a certain player, you know, that's going to a similar situation as you, like you say, injury setback, you know, um, and, you know, coming back from the injury again and, you know, seeing that hope and then boom, setback again. You know, what advice can we give our young audience or college players that are currently listening to us? So just in general with like injuries, they're obviously most of the time they're unexpected. Like, you know, if you take if you're taking care of your body and you're doing the right things, like it's going to be kind of rare that you pull your hamstring or like, you know, like muscle injury that are just kind of happening like with like excess use or just like if you, like if you take care of yourself and like you eat, hydrate, sleep, everything like that, like you shouldn't have to be dealing with like those kind of injuries. You know what I mean? When it, when it comes down to like injuries that just happen with like contact or like let's say you stepped wrong and like it's just not a good idea of like what you had in your mind of like what you wanted to achieve it does set you back mentally for sure but I think the main thing that I learned is that you have to just kind of find a way to work with it like if you can't obviously be on the field like you can you can still watch soccer correct there's always something that you could do at home right yeah or like if you have like film of like your last game that you played before you hurt yourself like you can easily just like rewatch it ask questions to your coaches like if you know i'm i'm sure coaches are like willing to answer like anything like that but just and like staying fit wise there's i mean a trainer can like obviously kind of put you on a program but in terms of like mentally like you can still advance in ways that maybe like a player that is playing doesn't do correct so i think that's like my advice no another thing you know i just want to add on to that you know going back to that last film or the last game is like you know do some self-evaluation as well you know take notes because end of the day by watching film that's how you learn and that's how you progress you know as an athlete as well you know um so that's my little advice for some of you guys as well. You know, uh, do some self-evaluation if you do some film and, and take the, the positive and then also take that negative stuff, but work on that negative off the pitch as well. So that's what I mean. Yeah. So, Christian, you know, 1904, you're currently playing that NISA league. Uh, you know, what advice would you give our players that are trying to pursue NISA? You know, tell me a little bit about the competition now and, and how you're doing now. You know, how, how, how's San Diego treating you? So originally I'm from San Diego, so it's kind of nice to be home. But yeah, I'm kind of like in a stage where I don't want to feel complacent at all. I know right now, like the whole coronavirus thing has like canceled all leagues and stuff like that. So yeah. it's a little difficult to kind of plan around something that you have no control over. But in terms of the league, like of what I like experienced like so far, so it's they had like a kind of like a debut season. Last year, like in September, like September through November, just to kind of like introduce the league, and it was yeah. just like 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 maybe like six games each team played or like something like that. But in terms of competition, like I think it's it's pretty good for for a league to just start up like that quick, you know, with new teams. Like I think it's it's done pretty well so far, and um, it's I like I said before too. I think it's equivalent to like USL League One in terms of like. When you just watch a game and you watch the USL League One game, I think it it kind of goes like hand in hand. So, other than that, like they kind of have been, they've been kind of they they have like I want to say like added like eight teams or something like that to the league. Yeah, and um, ever since then it's been pretty it's been pretty decent. We just started up with like two games, but then the whole coronavirus thing happened. 
So I no. we only played like one away game versus like a team in North Carolina. So it kind of branched out a lot. There you go. You think you can see that league growing as well? Yeah, I can see it for sure. Right on. So Christians, now you know we're going to jump into mental health. You know, as an athlete, do you believe professional athletes uh, deal with mental health? Firstly, I think that's like a given. Like every everyone does, but um, just in terms of people being able to see it, like if someone doesn't, a lot of the times, me personally as well, I kind of hold it in. Yes, and like kind of suppressing emotions like if you're really good at dealing with it then yeah like by all means like everyone's different but i know for a fact like there's stresses that kind of happen because a lot of people just see like oh like you're you're a professional athlete like oh like that must be like you're so lucky or like but it's not really like the easiest thing ever like other than just like trainings and feeling tired like there's another type of like mental like feeling like that you have no control over it kind of like mental exhaustion if that makes any sense correct so like there might no be action. yeah other aspects that you have to deal with like how you spend your free time because like if you i feel like if you get too caught up in let's say the sport and like you're in your head too much like the rest of your day like after soccer or after all the time you devote to working out doing extra work or whatever you want to say like you have to have a sense of balance and I, that's like that's like kind of what I go back to is like who you kind of surround yourself with. Like you surround yourself with people that are good for you, you're gonna feel that like good energy and just like go into like your next day with better energy. But if you kind of like get in that mindset of just like where it's like kind of like a habit, and I think that's what the main thing. Yes. If it feels like a habit, like or you don't even feel it at times, you're just kind of going through the motions and like step by step. But I think that's like mentally what most soccer players kind of go through is trying to you know, have a life outside of soccer. Correct. And, you know, like as a professional athlete, you know, going into a game or before a night, how do you unwind your mind and your nerves? So to be honest with you, like, <coughs> like nerves have never been so like, I've never felt them to the point where you can like literally see me and I look nervous. I think that's like the main thing. Like, you have to have like a certain level. Like, I think it's good to feel nervous because, like, I yeah, feel absolutely. Like you're nervous because you obviously want to do well, but it's also a little bit bad like, if you're getting a little bit like, you know, too anxious, too like too jittery and stuff like that. Like that might impact your performance. So just the way I deal with it is literally just try to do stuff like the night before that has nothing to do with soccer. Absolutely. Like the night before. I'm saying like before you go to bed, but like let's say in the day before, you can still like prepare for your game. Like in the morning you train, you could watch like film or the other team or whatever you want to do. But then like there has to be a moment where you like disconnect and just focus on something that literally has nothing to do with soccer, whether it's like spending time with your family, like going on a walk with your dog, like literally anything. And that's kind of what like I choose to do is just before a game do that. And then I go into the next morning calm. And just like with right. with good with like good energy, like as long as you have like positive energy, I feel like you bring that back into your life. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, that right there was player advice. Uh, coming up next, we're going to focus on world issues. Sounds good. All right, Christian. So now let's go into world issues and tell me, you know, what's something that's bothering you, or what's something that caught your eye that you want our audience to know and let's educate them on it. For sure. I think something that has always been 
kind of big with me even like just like even like through high school and like before anything kind of difficult and challenging happened it was just like mental health in general yes and this isn't even speaking to like athletes this is just speaking to people that you know have either struggled with it or haven't yet but they can learn something more from it but it's kind of something like there's i'm not really speaking towards just like like depression and things like that because that's a little bit more serious but at the end of the day like I think now they're bringing more awareness to it, which is a good yes. thing. And I think, like, over the years, like, I would see it when I was in college, like, there was a bunch of, like, kind of, like, signs. There would be a bunch of people that would come and speak about it. So the resources were there to, like, learn. And I think I, I really, like, like the fact that they're bringing more awareness. Because it's true, like, whether you're in college and school, like, there's stresses, like, of life that a lot of people, like, do not know how to deal with. Or a lot of people kind of have stuff going on and just, like, it's leading them to a path that might not be something that, you know, that they know that's happening. Like people, I assume that like have a goal set and like, they're trying to achieve something yet. Like there's something kind of like knocking them down mentally. Yeah. And it's like not visible to anyone. There's so many cases where, you know, like you have like your friends and like, they might be the most happy people ever, but like deep down, like they might be feeling something completely different. And you would never know. You you don't know what someone really goes through. And even if, like, they decided to try to explain it to you, try to explain how they're feeling, it might not be, like, 100% accurate. Absolutely. So I think it just comes down to, like, like what you can do as a person. And if it's something that's, like, not in your field of, like, let's say if you don't have the, the outreach to people, like, a platform to kind of speak, I think you can just start, like, with yourself in terms of, one, just, like, realizing how you're feeling and but in terms of uh, how you affect other people so like if you're a good person if you leave good impacts on people if you're like genuinely you know like absolutely your intentions are good i feel like the people around you feel that and then they might go like to their people in their lives and like you know have the same kind of relationship and i know there are certain things that like even if like i'm a good friend to you let's say like i know someone else might not be but in terms of just like leaving imprints anywhere you can, I think kind of goes a long way for some people because literally like anyone could be having a really bad day, but as long as it takes like one person to kind of just like snap them out of it and be just a kind person. I think that's just like something we need to like look to within ourselves and like how we spend our days is just like trying to be good to everyone, you know? Absolutely. No, I agree. And thank you for, you know, covering that subject on mental health. Um, and hopefully you guys, you know, at home got educated. And now our next segment that we're going into is the unknown. So stay tuned. All right, Chris. So now we're going into the unknown. I just want you to tell me, you know, what's a conspiracy theory you believe in and or what's like a ghost story that has ever happened to you, you know, so we can give our audience some chills. And yeah, let's hear it. To be honest with you, I think I think aliens exist for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, I don't know. Like, I personally, I've never had an experience where I see it, but just, like, literally, like, my dad. So, that we would go on, like, road trips, right? And they would be kind of, like, long ones. And we'd go visit family, like, let's say, like, somewhere in Texas. Yeah. It's, like, from San Diego to Texas, like, that's not a, like, close drive. And there's, like, a lot of these... um there was, like, one particular, I think we were going to Mexico at the time, and we passed through New Mexico, like, driving. And there was, um, 
there's like these like long streets, you know, just like super yeah. long, like one way street or one way streets. And then um, they, they feel like endless, but it's happened to my dad. And literally, you know, when I was when that day, you saw me when I was in Portland and I'm yeah. going back home, driving my stuff home. Mm-hmm. That day, my dad was driving like his different car, but I'll get to that one. But the first one was when we were going to Mexico and my dad's driving and like everyone's asleep. And he was he was telling us that like while he was driving, he tried waking and I remember this. Like he tried, he like woke me and my brother up, like, hey, look. But it was like a little too late. But he was like driving and like through the clouds, it was like dark, but it was like like a little bit of light enough to where you could see like the clouds in the sky a little bit. And he like swears that there was like this like kind of like this thing that was like very like oval shaped or like kind of like a like a disc shaped. And it was like a little yeah. thick. And it was just kind of like hovering. But he mm-hmm. was like, you know, like, like, bro, who's going to, like, go drive and just be like, oh, snap, like, I'm going to run into an alien. Like, no one. So he was like, all right, like, I need to make sure, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm, watching what I'm watching right now. And so then he was, like, looking at it. And he said that he was, like, looking at it. And then, like, while he was driving, and then it just kind of just, like, boom, just, like, disappeared, like, into a cloud. Mm-mm. And then he tried waking me and my brother up. And, like, none of us saw it except my dad. And, like, my dad's yeah. not the type of person to, like, ever like lie about something just to get a story out like he's like the most he's like super calm yeah he's a very nice guy i met him personally guys very humble very honest man down to earth he loves chris to death (laughs) but like so for him to just say something like that like so random i was like he cannot be lying i was like all right and so that was the first story and i kind of always had that in my mind yeah and then um the second time I think there might have been, like, three, but just the one that I can remember was when we were driving back from Portland to San Diego. Yeah. And we were going through, like, this area in, like, I don't know. I think it might have been, like, Eugene or, like, heading from, like, Eugene into, like, Sacramento or something like that. Or, like, and then um, there was, like, these windy roads with, like, a lot of trees, like, the green trees. And um, so there's just, like, it looks like a forest around us. But, like, yeah. it was really late at night at the time we were driving. And he was – I was in my car with my mom, and then he was driving, like, a rental behind us. Mm-hmm. So we're on the same street. And then, like, literally, like, apparently, like, he just calls us while we're driving. And he's like, you guys did not see that. And I was like, what are you talking about? And my mom was like, like, what are you talking about? And he's like, like, the <laughs> top right, he said that he saw, like, some, like, red, like, same kind of thing. Like, the – like, the – like disc like shaped but like kind of small like little like thing like hovering like it was weird he just said he saw it again and it was like with like a you know like i mean i i would assume kind of like this like mistiness it had around it or whatever it was like the color red he's like that's why he saw it he's like it's red it's like right there and we were just kind of like dude like we have no idea what you're talking about and he's like dude he's like, he's like we just passed it and i was just like all right so you know what like I was like, maybe this is like this is two stories, same person. Like I've I've done enough like curious YouTube searches where like aliens and stuff like that, to where like they might appear to some people, but to other people, no. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I kind of connected the dots, and I was like, you know what? Like, I think I'm a I'm a firm believer about aliens. Oh, absolutely! Like like I said in the past, you know, we're one universe. There's several galaxies. And we still have not discovered our waters. So, end of the day, you know, there's so always room to keep thinking that far. Um, but now, Chris, thank you for sharing conspiracy. Now let's add God into play, and let's see how God has uh, made a huge impact in your your life and your family's life. Sounds good. So, 
I've always been like religious in terms of like having family around me that you know believe in God and like they've kind of raised me with those like ideals you know and they never have been the type of family to push it on me where I'm like where I feel kind of like forced you know I feel like there's a lot of people like that that like like I don't know the examples like there's like a Catholic family and they have a kid and they like force it on them to the point where they, they can't really like think for themselves and like either choose to agree with it or be kind of like you know like maybe this religion like isn't for me but in terms of like just god in general you know like i've always believed in him since i was a little kid and like my grandma has always been like the main source of like like information i would receive like she'd always be over at the house and um she would just like talk to me about it and like talk to me in the like most subtle ways where i felt comfortable and so i would i would go to kind of just like church with my grandma all the time and like my parents too but in terms of just like where I felt like I, you know, agreed more was with my grandma. So I'd always have those conversations with her and I still do to this time. But I felt, I feel like there's a, throughout my life, I felt like kind of weird things. And it's not just you feeling like, let's say when something good happens, you obviously feel like happy and stuff like that, obviously. And you feel like that sense of like, you know, like this is really good. But there's been moments too where like kind of like life, like whether you're good or bad, has kind of like, events have happened and I kind of feel like a sort of like a sort of like 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 I don't even know it's like a comforting like feeling and it's not it I wouldn't say I'm just like happy it's like it feels like you know like I it's warm it. exactly warm feeling, right exactly and so there's been moments throughout that like I've obviously like you know I have like a thing on my phone that every day is like a new like uh, a new kind of like a like a lesson I say but it has like bible um bible like bible verses yeah versus the verse of the day exactly and but it also has like you know like an explanation of it so yeah. it's like i have that every day and it just it's always been something that has carried with me throughout like my sport throughout like just life in general it's just kind of like a like a like a basis to kind of like who i am it's just i put faith in god and that's just what it is no absolutely thank you for sharing um so now guys as we return we're going into uh, karaoke time. So hopefully you guys are excited. Oh, Lord. All right, guys. Karaoke time. Chris, hopefully you're excited. I sent you the song to the link. Um, so now the rules are Christian. And to our audience, if you don't know what karaoke time is, it's basically all about having fun seeing who's the best singer which i'm pretty sure chris you know uh, that's why he likes me on his free time singing um so the rules are we have to sing a song for 45 seconds to a minute the first one you stop loses and yeah so next time if you're in portland or if i'm in san diego um you know we have the loser has to you know buy lunch or take us to our favorite spot as you know my spot is grassa Ooh. <laughs> you missed, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. Chris, are you ready? Yes, sir. Right, today's song is Spanish, and it's called by Osuna Se Preparo. All right, Chris, you have your lyrics? Press play now or what? All right, ready? Let's go. And hold on. Sorry, sorry. Miss, miss. Ready? One, two, three, and go. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm having missed... <laughs> Some uh, missed, uh, what's it called? Tech, like I said, this is new. Um, but like I said, perfection makes better, right? 
Um, so, all right. So, let's do this again. Ready? Bingo. Se preparó, se puso linda, su amiga llamaba. Salió de rumbo, de nada importó. Porque su novio, ella le engañaba. Como si nada, ella se preparó, se puso linda, su amiga llamaba. Salió de rumbo, de nada importó. Porque su novio, ella le engañaba. Como si nada. Ella olvidarla, pensó en sufrimiento, el novio la hizo llorar como su sentimiento, comentó las palabras, su esfuerzo, ahora le siento lento, lo siento, oye, haz lo que quieras, se monta en su nave entera, se monta en su nave la de campaña y sube de candela como nena, oye, haz lo que quieras, se monta en su nave entera, se me mata, bailando música buena. Ya le echan pan y se preparó. Se puso linda, su amiga llamaba. Salió de rumbo sin foto. Porque su novio ella enganaba. Como si nada, ella se preparó. Se puso linda, su amiga llamada. Salió al rumbo, su nada foto. Como su novio ella engañaba. Como si nada. All right, guys. Oh man, that's enough. Oh man. All right, guys. So we have no judge today. Um, so if you could uh, message our Instagram page and see who's today's winner is me or Christian. But come on, you, you want your host to win, of course. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Chris, thank you for singing. Now we're going into the other segment, which is the spot. So tell us. You know, I'm 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 never been to San Diego. Um, if, if if anyone's in San Diego, what is the best local spot in town that you go to, and why? And why should we go there? So let's hear it. All right. So I'm gonna just say right now, in terms of like healthy food, I'm gonna just kind of throw it. Like it's just kind of one of the places you have to like experience. So for breakfast, though, which is obviously like. The most important meal of the day, Brian. Mm-hmm. So I always go, and this is like my spot is like Breakfast Republic. Really? It's, there's multiple locations. There's one in like Liberty Station that's like right next to like some like water, and there's a trail. So like after you grub, you can just go walk around. There's little shops, and I think that's like that's the go-to Breakfast Republic. Breakfast Republic. All right. Yes. As some of you guys know, like I was able to meet Christian. Our spot was every single game day. What was it? <laughs> I mean, you can say biscuits. biscuits, right? Yeah, that's our, that was our spot when you were back here. So if you guys are in Portland, I recommend you guys to uh, check out Biscuits Cafe. There's a couple multiple locations, Westland, Portland, and a couple other areas. So if you're in Portland, I recommend you guys to get biscuits. And also, Chris, um, now we're going to get to know you. You know, tell us from soccer, what do you enjoy doing for fun? You know, where's your go-to? You know, what sports do you like? What do you like? What? Let's get to know Chris. All right. So, in terms of other sports that I like, I watch, like, uh, the NBA. That's kind of, like, the main sport, to be honest. I don't really like football. Like, like you know, over here in the U.S., not really a sport that I kind of Yeah. Like, What's your watch. favorite NBA yeah. team? Ooh, that's the Lakers. There you go, my boy. <laughs> yes, sir. But that, that has been since I was a little kid because I've been aunt that was like, that is still to this day, like a mega fan of like the Lakers. 
she comes over to the house. She calls me like 10 minutes before the game, like, hey, make sure you're recording the game. And I was a little kid and I was like, how do you do that? But she would always be coming over and like just ever since I was a little kid because of her, you know, I'd be watching the Lakers play. So it's kind of just like my team. Yeah. And um, just like in terms of like what I do outside of that, obviously hanging around with like my friends. When we do like we either go eat or like kind of kick it at home, be hopping on the Fortnite, you know what I'm saying? Play some FIFA. There you go. I, I heard yeah, you're a I good mean, uh, Fortnite king master. Hey, bro, say less, bro. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, and I'll be doing that, and especially now, like, with the whole, like, coronavirus. I think it's, like, a good time to, like, you know, kind of disconnect, play some video games with some friends, like, pass the time a little bit. But other than that, like, you know, I have a girlfriend her name's Cassandra Garcia. Shout out to Cass. Yes, sir. And um, I'll be, I'll be doing, like, anything, really. We can go to the beach, go get food just like spend my time with her doing whatever when i have like free time and what she does as well but other than that you know that's just kind of like how everything is obviously everything kind of revolves around soccer yeah but I, I do find time to spend time with my family my parents who go out to eat spend time at home you know my grandma all that stuff no absolutely that's good you know thank you for sharing a little bit about you and what you like to do besides soccer um so now guys we're coming to a conclusion um, I would like to say, first of all, foremost, Christian, thank you for taking the time of day and telling your soccer journey with our audience. And thank you for being in the podcast. And is there any social media you want our audience to follow you on? Sure. I have an Instagram and my account is uh, C period Enriquez 10. And that's my Instagram. But uh, I just want to say thank you, you know, for having me on this. Uh, like, really means a lot for you to consider me into this. And also, I'm, like, happy that you're doing something that's, you know? Yeah. Something you're branching out. And this is really cool. I, I really liked it. No, absolutely, Chris. Um, like I said, there's uh, other professional athletes out there that are interested. And in my way, you know, it's uh, everyone has a beautiful story to tell and to motivate our youth and our college players and and like I said, future professionals. Um, so you guys, thank you guys for being listening to the podcast. And also, like I said, thank you, Chris, for being part of the podcast. Um, a little bit about next week's episode. Um, um, I'm going to have another professional player. I'm not going to mention who it is. Um, you guys will stay tuned. But again, just due to coronavirus, it's also going to be a straight through the phone uh, podcast segment, just so you guys know um, that way there's no one getting sick. Um, but yeah, a little bit about it. I'm going to just do this from here on out until we're clear from coronavirus. Once again, thank you guys for listening and until. <laughs>